The following audio is from City Rev Church. For more information about City Rev Church, visit us online at cityrev.org. Last year, I was playing football with some buddies of mine, and we do this from time to time. We play on Saturday mornings, one of my favorite sports to play. Except this time was unique because this time I actually got injured. I know, big surprise, injured playing football, shocker. I was defending a friend of mine who was going out for a pass. He went up for the ball and came down landing directly on my foot. Now, that's not that big of a deal normally, except for the fact that I like to play football barefoot. Now I know that's perfectly normal, okay? I'm sure any, any other barefoot players out there? Okay, wow, there's like none, okay? I'm sure they're all over at Cooper City this morning. I personally like to run around playing barefoot because I feel like I'm faster that way, all right? Don't judge me. And of course, that probably brought a more severe form of injury because of that. And I'll spare you the details, but my foot or big toe or big toe nail suffered most of the damage. And every time I took a step from that day on for weeks, I was reminded of that injury. Now, of course, I still play football barefoot. That's not the point. But what I was thinking after that moment was, man, what's the point of my big toe anyways? Like, what's the purpose? And I'm sure all of you guys are thinking that this morning, you probably woke up, you looked at your feet. Maybe some of you feel like you have ugly feet and you're looking at them and you're like, What's the point of those things anyways? Don't worry, I did the research for you, okay? The big toe, all right, no surprise there, is mostly responsible for you being able to keep your balance. But what's interesting is that it actually holds, it helps bear your weight two times more than all of your other toes combined. So there you go, now you know. Next time you look at your feet, you can look at them and say, thank you, I, I need you. And why do I bring that up? Well, because it's, it's always fascinating to look at the human body. Why? Because we know that there's intentionality behind it, that it's been designed. And so every part of the body has a unique purpose. There's nothing that goes to waste. The passage we're gonna be talking about today is uh, a passage where Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth, and he's actually drawing on that fact and using it as an illustration to compare the body to a church. But the problem was the people in the church of Corinth, they were struggling with this idea and they weren't fully operating in their giftings because of it. So we're gonna be picking up where we left off in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 last week and we're gonna begin in verse 12. And so if you got your Bible, go ahead and get that ready. If you got your Bible app, that's fine. If you got your notebooks, pull those out. We're going to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. He says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. All right, pause right there, your attention for a moment. Just to kind of recap what we talked about last week where Pastor Roby spoke about the Holy Spirit. And if you missed it, I would encourage you to go back and, and watch it. It was a powerful sermon. But here we're, we're kind of revisiting that idea that the Holy Spirit is living and active. 
and that he's the driving force or the, the gas in our car, so to speak, for the movement that is the church. And that he seeks to uniquely gift each and every one of us ways in which he wants to use us within the body of Christ. And of course, Paul's introducing this illustration where he's comparing that human body to a church. And that just like the human body, all have, there's unique parts, each of them equally important, so is the church. That the church is made up of unique people, all having different gifts, all playing a very important role. And that the Holy Spirit is seeking to use those giftings in your life to not only make you more like Jesus, to fulfill a role in the church that he's called you to. This is what Paul is saying here to them. That, but the problem was that they didn't all agree with that or even like what Paul was saying. Why? Well, they were starting to play this, this comparison game where they were looking at people with other giftings and saying, man, why don't I have that gift? Or my, my gift just doesn't seem as valuable Check it out what he, with what he says in verse 14. He continues, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Paul's picking up the, the fact that they're playing this comparison game and they're not using their giftings. In fact, we know historically and, look, and from other passages in 1 Corinthians that what they were doing was they were either just sitting and receiving, saying, okay, man, these people, they're gifted. I'm just going to sit and kind of just receive. And so Paul's trying to call them out of their seat, so to speak. And two, people were, were feeling like, man, I just, I don't feel needed. I don't feel like my gift is necessary. And they were falling into insecurity revolving around their giftings. And some people were even leaving the church because they didn't feel as though they had a role. And Paul is speaking that to, directly, and I think he's saying two things here. He's saying first, don't believe the lie that visibility equals impact. That just because a gift is more visible, don't think that it makes it any more valuable. In fact, I wonder if that's why he uses these particular members of the body in this illustration that he does. Where he's saying if the, the foot should say to the hand, because I'm not a hand, I am not a part of the body. Well, obviously the hand is a very visible member of the body. We use it, its function is clear. But how far would the hand get if it weren't for the foot? In the same way, if the ear should say to the eyes, I'm not an eye, so I'm not a part of the body. Well, the eyes are a very visible part of our body, but I don't know that we would argue that any sense is more important than the other. And Paul is trying to draw that out and saying, look, every gift is unique, yes, and every gift is uniquely important. And, God, and, and Paul is trying to draw that out of them and say, hey, don't let your insecurity keep you from using the gifts that God's called you to use. In fact, he's even alluding to this idea that if 
they're not using their giftings, if they're withholding their giftings from the body, then the body very well could be missing out. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of smell? If the whole body were an ear, where would it be a sense of taste? Not that God can't do what he wants in the body, but there's special and unique places that God has called us to and blessings that he wants to bestow upon his people for filling that role that these people might be missing out on and the body actually might be missing out on as well. So what's he saying here? Well, I think he's saying this in a nutshell, that you don't just need the body, which is true, it's a true statement, we'll talk more about that next week. You don't just need the body, the body needs you. The body needs you. Let's just humor Paul, and maybe you guys have to humor me for a moment here for a second, we're gonna take him very literally. Let's say you're walking down a sidewalk in beautiful Pembroke Pines, and it's just below 70 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, okay? It's just a beautiful day. And you're out for a nice stroll. And you're walking, you're walking, and next thing you know, you come across a human toe. A big human toe, all right? Maybe it's mine. I don't know. Just don't have to get too graphic with it, okay? It's just a human toe there on the sidewalk. Now, if you're like me, your response would be, that's not a toe, that's not a toe, that's not a toe, and you just keep walking. Or maybe you're that crazy person that's like, oh, I got to get a picture of this, you know, like, zoom in, all this is the story. I mean, everyone's going to be going crazy over this. I got to send this to all my friends. Okay, if you're one of those people, man. Or maybe your response would be, I'm going to call 911. That would be the right response, right? Why? Because you're like, is it because you're like, uh, oh my goodness, there's a poor toe here? I mean, I hope it's okay. We need to get 911. We got to call an ambulance. We got to make sure that this toe is okay. No. You're worried about the poor soul that is walking around without a toe or hopping around at this point, maybe. I don't know. But you're thinking about whose does that belong to? And that body is missing its function because of that piece being disconnected from it. And I wonder if Paul is, is inviting us to kind of think that way, to broaden our view, to think bigger than just ourselves, and to recognize that, yes, we do have a unique and important role, and that body needs you because there's something bigger going on than just yourself. And that the Holy Spirit is actively working on something unique in this place through everybody, not just one person, but through everyone forming the body of Christ. I think Paul is, is saying that you, you're a body of Christ where everyone's unique and important, yes, but when you're all functioning together and operating in your gifting, you look a lot like Jesus. And that's why he's referring to it as the body of Christ. But he actually takes it a step further. He goes a little deeper. He presses into it, which Paul always does. We're going to continue in verse 18. He says this, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. What's he saying? Well, Paul is he's writing to the church of Corinth, and he's, he's telling them, 
A couple things, I think, here. God intentionally designed the hand to be the hand and the foot to be the foot. The giftings that God has given you, those are the giftings that God wants to use in you. He has a bigger purpose, one that you might not even be able to see in this particular moment. Secondly, I think he's looking at these these people in the church and saying, God placed you there. You are uniquely arranged. God designed with great thought for you to be in that church of Corinth. I can just imagine some of like the, the disgruntled people in the church, unhappy or frustrated with the way some of the things are going. Maybe there's some things that they think they could do better. And Paul's writing a letter to them saying, God arranged for you to be there. What a struggle that might be. What, what a wrestling that might start in their heart. But what you see time and time again throughout scripture is this idea that yes, God will use you to change people in his church. But what you see more commonly is you see the church changing you. And God is seeking to do a work here in the church of Corinth. And and Paul is trying to get that message to them. That God has uniquely designed and placed you to be there because the church of Corinth needs a hand, needs the foot, needs whatever role that that person is designed to play. Can we just pause and, and think about that for a moment and what that means in our context? That means that each and every one of you in this room, over at Cooper City, tuning in online, you are all uniquely gifted that God put great thought into designing you and gifting you. Ways in which the Holy Spirit is hoping and seeking to use you in his body. And secondly, that God has arranged for you to be here at City Rev specifically. You might be thinking, Josh, I don't know, man. Like we went to five different churches, five different weeks. We scoped them all out. I even tuned in online on 10 others. And I put great thought into attending City Rev. Why'd you land here? God has called you here to City Rev. And so the question then does, it moves away from, is this where I'm supposed to be? To how am I supposed to be a part of this body? What role am I supposed to play? Because if those two things are true, then what ultimately means is true. There is an important role, a unique role that God has called you to play here at City Rev. That's what Paul's saying here. That you've been uniquely placed here at City Rev, your church, for a purpose. I think our culture views church in a very different way. We're a very individualistic culture, and we we widely view church as just a part of our lives. You know, maybe it's kind of like if you want to learn how to play soccer, you get a soccer coach, and you go to soccer practice, and you just need some spirituality training. You know, maybe you just feel good and uplifted after coming here on Sundays, or you want to bring your kids because you want them to grow up to be good people. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that the the church isn't something that you attend. The church is something that you are. You are the church 
First Peter tells us that we are all living stones, living stones making up the church. And that God truly does as, have a unique and important role for you to fill and be a part of it. And so if there's one thing that you remember from this message, one thing that sticks out to you, one thing that you go back to, let it be this, that God has placed you here, so find your place. God has placed you here, so find your place. In my own life, that's been, that's been a challenge, finding my place. I, I feel blessed to have grown up in the church it has its unique challenges, sure, but it is a blessing nonetheless. And I think I've tried every ministry at some point. You know, I tried kids ministry. I tried student ministry. Quickly realized that wasn't for me. I went to hospitality. I mean, I did, I did probably everything, just trying different things. And I remember the day when a pa my pastor pulled me aside and he said, Josh, I think you might be called to be a pastor and you might have the gift of preaching. And that was the moment, guys, I looked at him dead in the eye and I said, you're crazy. <laughs> Don't let him watch this right now. Because that sounded really scary to me. That role sounded far greater than me. I, that didn't sound like something I had remotely the ability to do. But it's funny how God works because you kind of run from a calling, but he naturally leads you to it, doesn't he? And I'm, I remember my pastor, not too long after that, I know his motives, he gave me the opportunity to speak at a youth group on a missions trip, and he gave me some parameters. He's like, all right, here's, here's the deal. You're going you're gonna to speak to him. Make sure you pose some questions because it's going to be discussion time right after. Make sure you try to keep it to a tight 30 minutes because they're going to go into discussion, and then they're going to play a game right after. I said, okay, great. That sounds good. And my, my picture of teaching at that point was, you read a passage, you write some nice things down about it, that's, that just makes sense and go along with it, and then you just go and you talk. You just go and talk about it. I didn't rehearse it, I didn't practice it, I didn't think and pray through it. I mean, I'm just like, I don't know how, I don't know what I'm doing. So I get there, and before I even start, my friend tells me I am bright red, beads of sweat dripping down my face, and it wasn't because it was hot, it was winter, all right? I was panicking. But God, but, but, but God might be saying that this is my gift. And so I'm like, all right, I got to work up the courage, muster up the courage to just go and do it because clearly God's going to do something powerful because that's my gift. I start to do it. And all I remember from it is I just started talking really fast. I don't remember much about it. I just kept going and going and going and going until I ended. And I was like, what just happened? I opened my eyes and I think everyone else was asking the question, that same question, what just happened? They were all very confused. They had this look on their face like, you know, they're kind of embarrassed for me, but they're just kind of moving on to their discussion groups. And I run over to my friend and I'm like, hey man, how did I do? And he gives me the, well, you know, you could, you, I mean, there's, yeah, there's things you could do better. I'm like, okay, just give me one, man. Like I, I'm dying here. And he's like, well, the one thing that was the most confusing, I think, oh, most confusing. Okay. The most confusing thing was you only went for like seven minutes. <laughs> I looked at him. I'm like, that felt like 50. No way. Why do I share that story with you? Well, because that's what God is seeking to do in our lives. He's calling us to something, and it's 
almost always going to be something greater than we could possibly imagine us doing. It's always going to be something that, that makes us feel insecure because we're seeing that gap between where we're, we are right now and where we think God's calling us to. But there's going to be this season and this, this journey that he's going to take you on where he's leading you in that direction. And in fact, God loves when it's, there's that gap because when you start doing it, and accomplishing something through it, and, and God is working through you in it, and he's changing people's lives around you through it, you don't get to take the credit. It all goes to him. And that was close to 10 years ago now. I like to think I've gotten a little bit better at speaking than since then, a little bit, hopefully. And that's just it. It's an invitation for God, God to wrestle with things with you, to, to say, all right, this is how I've gifted you. This is how I want to use you. But that doesn't mean overnight you're going to be the Michael Jordan on the court when it comes to preaching. And the same goes for the giftings for you. I think sometimes we look at, okay, God, I think you're gifting me in this way. Or like tomorrow, that means I'm going to be the best one to ever do it. No, God is inviting you on a journey where he wants to work through you specifically, uniquely through his Holy Spirit in his body. And so I want to speak to three different types of people today. Three different types of people that I think Paul is speaking to himself here. And I think that might be in this room today. The first one is, is this. It's the, the burnt out person. Maybe in, you're in this room and you're like, man, Josh, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just burnt out. Maybe it's from your previous church or maybe it's here at City Rev or maybe you're on the verge of burning out and you're like, Josh, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can, I can do it. Well, I want to encourage you. That's a perfectly normal thing to walk through. I've walked through it. Most people do. And what I want to challenge you to do is to start praying through what a healthy rhythm of rest looks like in your life. We've talked about it here on, on Sundays. We have podcasts available on it, a lot of resources on it, because we believe it's incredibly important to have a healthy rhythm of rest. Jesus did. In fact, you can see this, this trajectory that the more, the busier he got in his ministry, the more often he got away to be alone with his father. And that if you think uh, rest is getting home and streaming Netflix and binge-watching Netflix, that's not restful. Restful is getting time alone with your father. It's just going and getting a nice hot meal in Chipotle and sitting on the beach. It's disconnecting so that way you can enter back into what the Lord is doing through you. But maybe you're in that season where you just need a break, you need to rest, you need to receive. That's okay too. And I would just challenge you to set set a time on that because it's very easy to fall into that place of comfort in the name of rest. But I think what also happens is it's not just the hours that we put towards something that burns us out. I think what also happens is we forget the why behind what we're doing. Because it's easy when you're, you're working as much as you possibly can, trying to give it all for the Lord, when you forget why you're doing it, for you to just start to get burnt out. And so can I remind you what it is you're doing? If you're serving in kids' ministry, you're, you're going to be the, one of the first people that gets to tell them the gospel, that you might change the trajectory of their life because of the love of Christ that you show them. 
These kids, they get to experience the hands and feet of Jesus through you. And you get to be one of the first people that speaks into their life, one of the first people that has a role in their spiritual development. If you're serving in student ministry, you're stepping into a season of life that is heavily attacked by the enemy, maybe now more than ever. And you're stepping into that and saying, hey, let me show you something greater. Let me show you the truth. Let me show you the love of our Savior and that there's a better way to live. If you're serving in our hospitality, you're, on, you're an usher, you're a greeter, you're on our coffee team. Praise God for the coffee team, okay? <laughs> Praise God for them. You're recognizing. <laughs> yes, amen. Praise God for you guys that are gifted in hospitality because there's people, we hear stories all the time that drive into the parking lot, turn around and drive out because church is such a heavy spiritual place for some people and they've experienced legitimate spiritual trauma. And just to walk in this place, I mean, it's a big deal. And you're rallying around them, loving on them, saying, hey, this is a place that, that we want to love you in, that you can receive in, you can find rest in. You're going to hear the gospel. Your life is going to be changed. And guess what? You've got a role to play here. You're loving on them. You're, you're being the hands and feet of Jesus. And the same goes for whatever gifts God has given you with administration, exhortation, generosity. I mean, could you imagine the church without any one of these gifts? Can you imagine a church without administration anywhere? Can you imagine a church without any exhorters? Can you imagine a church without anyone that's gifted it mercifully? Like these are all uniquely important and valuable in the church. Or maybe you're just not, you're not just burnt out. Maybe, maybe you say, Josh, you know what? I, I've just been burned. I've been burned. And can, I, can I tell you I'm, I'm sorry? I'm sorry you've walked through that. I've personally been through that as well. And you're going to have to walk through a season with the Lord where you can learn to trust again. Because this is what he's, he's calling you to. God has a unique story he's hoping to play out in your life. And we can't mistake the church, the body of Christ, for being Christ. And when we do that, we might put too high of a standard on the church. Because the reality is, the church is made up of imperfect people that are just hoping to do their best for the Lord. And I also want to challenge you, maybe you, you were at another church in another season, or maybe even prior here at City Rev, you've served in a, a certain capacity, and you're like, that is my gifting, that's what I'm going to do. I want to invite you to not put God in a box. How is God hoping to use you here at City Rev? It might look different than what you're expecting. In fact, when you're expecting something, that's usually when God likes to do something different. So I want to encourage you, step in. And the second group of people I want to speak to Maybe you're not burnt out, but maybe you just were unaware. You didn't know that this is how it works. Well, I got to tell you, this doesn't happen by accident. I mean, quite literally, hundreds of people every single week are serving the body to make our Sunday services happen, to make our weekly services with student ministry and young adults happen. Everything that we do, hundreds of people are serving and using their gifts to make this happen. And so I want to encourage you, step in. And that might look like a season of just 
praying, God, where am I, like, what am I called to? What is my gifting? Because I'm not quite sure just yet. This is all new to me, and that's okay. I would encourage you to press into that with the Lord and pray about it. And secondly, I would encourage you to, to talk to someone else in the body and ask them, hey, how do you think I'm gifted? Because it's surprising how people will oftentimes see into us things that we never saw. I remember the, the moment when I went and told a couple of my closest friends, hey guys, this is hard for me to say. I think I'm called to be a pastor. And they looked at me like I had four eyes. They're like, are you kidding me, Josh? Like, we've been telling you that for years. You're just now getting that? Like, what have you heard every time we've said that? Ask the body. And if you don't, you're not at the place yet where you, you have people to ask, I would say just jump in and serve anywhere. Just jump in because that's the heart that we're supposed to have. That's the heart that Jesus had. The son of man came to serve, not to be served. So I say just jump in wherever it is that you, you see a need or maybe you just, you're, you're, you feel like something's appealing to you. Just jump in and be a part of the movement that God is doing here at City Riff. The third type of person that I want to speak to is maybe you're that insecure person. You're insecure in your giftings. And quite honestly, it's a perfectly understandable place to be. I've been there myself. And in fact, I would probably attribute most of my wrestling with becoming a pastor to my insecurities and recognizing there's no possible way I could ever live up to that call. But that's so true for all of the giftings that God's laid out before us. And like I said before, that's when the Lord loves to work the most. Time and time again in scripture, all you see is men and women who are called by God to something that's just so far greater, so far beyond their even comprehension. And you're, you're looking at that and, and you're like, there's no way, God, like you've got it wrong. There's no way that you're talking to me right now. There's no way that that's the right story for me because that just seems way too big. But what you also see time and time again is that God is not really interested in our ability to do something because the reality is we can't do anything apart from the Holy Spirit here in the body. God is more interested in us just being available. It's not about ability. It's about availability. That we would just say, all right, God, here I am. I'm wrestling with, with what you've called me to. This seems far too great for something as small, someone as small as me. But that's when the Holy Spirit loves to go to work the most and to meet you in that gap and to bring you to a place where you're like, I know it's intimidating, but why don't you just take a couple steps in faith and watch what I am going to do through you? The calling place on my life brought me through a series of embarrassing situations like the one I shared, a lot of anxiety-ridden situations that I had to take up with the Lord. It's a wrestling. But God has called you that, to that place so that way he can work on you along the way. 
and that you will be surprised. You will be blown away every single year by the person that God is making you into. And you'll look back every single year and say, man, that is, I'm a completely different person now. If we would just say, to quote the prophet Isaiah, here I am, Lord, please send me. So what would it look like? What would it look like? Of every person here at City Rev, every person over at Cooper City Campus, everyone tuning in online said, all right, I'm going to step into that calling you've placed on my life, Lord. I'm going to press into the giftings you've given me, Lord. I'm going to walk in that direction. What would it look like as a church? Man, I love to dream about that. This would be a place where the Holy Spirit is moving in mighty and powerful ways that you would step into it and immediately feel served and loved by the people around you, where you would see people operating in ways that you never even fathomed. You're operating in a way you never even imagined because the Holy Spirit has taken a hold of your life. And that miracles are being done and taking place in each one of our lives through what God is doing in ours. And we start to minister to the people around us. And there could be, it would be a movement that is, it's impossible to contain in these walls. It would start to seep out into our neighborhoods and seep out into our city because that's who we are. It's what God's doing. And people will start to look at City Rev as they already do as, man, God is doing a work. But it would begin to build and grow and grow and grow where we're all just growing spiritually and growing in our love and relationship with the Father that God is doing mighty things that we never even fathomed before. Church, I want to see that. I pray for that. But it might look like, even though it seems big, it might look like just a small step for you right now. It might just look like, all right, I got to figure out how God has gifted me. Or it might just look like, I just need to step in faith and just try something and start serving the body and, and the hopes and the prayer that the Holy Spirit would use me and do a mighty work in my life and through my life. Let me pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, I pray this over every single person here in City Rev. Lord, that you would do a mighty work in our lives. Father, we ask for that. We pray for that. That you would begin to move mightily in every single person here in this room. And that, Lord, we would take steps of faith to allow you to do it. That we would make ourselves available to your spirit as we seek to be used by you. And that, Lord, you would do mighty things, miracles in our midst. As we press into the giftings you've given us. Because, Lord, we know that your word is true, that we are all uniquely gifted. We all have important roles to play here at City Rev. Lord, that you have arranged for us to be here, that this is where we're called to be. This is our church, and this is our family. This is the body we are a part of, Lord. And so we ask, we ask for faith. 
We ask for a, a courage to step out and move in the way that you're calling us to, Lord, and that you would uniquely show us how you have your hand on us. Lord, touch down and do something special in our midst. Do something unique, do something powerful in our midst. Because Lord, we, we long to see the moment where all that has been called the City Rev is operating and they're gifting here within this expression of your body, Lord, at City Rev. We pray this in your son, Jesus' precious name. Amen. Church, I want to encourage you to do one of two things. One, head over to cityrev.org slash serve. There you see a whole list of opportunities that you can jump in tomorrow if you would like. If you need to go through that list and pray through it, take the time to do so. But I encourage you to go on there, fill out that form, we'll call you this week. Or just go and grab a volunteer or a leader or a pastor, go and talk to someone and say, hey, I just wanna jump in. I, I think I'm gifted in this way, or I have no idea where I'm gifted. Can you just put me somewhere? Talk to someone today and find that place where you can then be used by the Holy Spirit at City Rev. Church, we're gonna close in a song and we're gonna have a, our prayer team down here at the front. And so if you're looking for prayer, if you need prayer about that, if you wanna begin praying today about where you're gifted and how God is intending on using you, we'll have our prayer team up here. You can come forward during this last song or even after this last song for prayer. Well, I, I, would, I would encourage you guys to do that. Great place to start is to pray. Church, would you stand with me? We're gonna close in our time, our time together and a song. Of Thanks worship. for listening. For more resources and to check out other teaching series, please visit our website at cityrev.org. If you would like to speak to somebody about beginning a relationship with Jesus or ask any questions you have about this teaching, you can email us at podcast at cityrev.org.